podcast ain't played nobody sunday s&p plus analytics edition uh, asterisk of course bill because akron and western michigan are playing as we record this yeah that could change everything depending on uh man i'm, I'm just mad they didn't play with the the flooded end zone that would have been phenomenal and it would have prevented anybody from throwing a damn fade route which is even better are you going to actually redo the numbers after that game no no, wow. the process is too lengthy. I, I, I dissed East Carolina and UConn a couple of weeks ago, and I will diss uh, Akron and WMU till next week as well. So it'll just sit with their information from the previous week. Yes. All right. Well, that being said, I feel like we have enough structural integrity in the S&P Plus to march on. Don't tell that to Kentucky fans. Without rowing that boat. Uh, let's jump right in, Bill. Yep. Let's go. Uh, we'll start at 30. Go straight up to 26. Number 30. Oregon, they got run over by Stanford very late last night. Yep. They are falling fast. Number 29, 4-2, Wake Forest. Number 28, 4-2, Iowa State. Number 27, God, they were so close. Georgia Tech now at 3-2. And, and number 26, Wait. your LSU Tigers. LSU actually dropped a spot. But 5-2 and two LSU for a while there. It was very weird that they were occupying the upper echelon of the S&P Plus. Now it feels okay. <laughs> Plus, we are seven games in for them now, and which means that um, you know, we, we are done with preseason projections. So they are standing on their own at 26th. Um, I was at uh, the Tennessee game, which is not going to be mentioned, really, when we talk about the top 30. <laughs> well, we're talking plus, about the top 30, yeah. Um, I got back to the press box to write my story about Butch Jones, and it was 20 to nothing Auburn. And yep. from what I could tell on my little score app on my phone, it was a very um, commanding 20 to nothing. Decisive. And, yeah. Yes. And then I saw the first scoring drive, and I, and I thought to myself, if they can get one more before half, they'll be fine, if, and then have a big defensive stand in the third. And guess what? They did. It, they just very methodically came back. No, yeah, and they got the punt return, uh, the weird clock management stuff. I mean, it was kind of a perfect, you know, that's building a league can sometimes, I mean, it just, it, it messes with your mind a little bit. And then if, you know, you don't always, you aren't always mentally prepared for what to do in, when the other team comes back. I think about like OU Iowa State, that one played out differently last week. Same kind of deal. You go yeah. up, you think, all right, cool, we got it. And then uh, you, you disengage and you can't re-engage. And that seemed to be uh, a little bit of an issue there for Auburn. Very strange. Um, Iowa State, 4-2, and two, hanging out in the top 30. Feel good about that. Yeah. I mean, Wake Forest, 4-2, kind of the same feeling, right? Yeah, I mean, if you look at uh, their losses, I mean, overtime to Iowa, who's 38th, which, I mean, basically means that game was a complete toss-up. And then, you know, they lost to a Texas team. Well, it fell to 40th, but then they're balanced out by the fact that they beat number eight, Oklahoma, uh, and have whooped pretty much everybody else. They've looked the part, and that's, um, I mean, God, they've done a nice job. I was actually impressed. Obviously, they played Kansas yesterday, uh, which means you don't really need to bring your A game, but they did. Um, you know, they, you're always worried if you're, when you're in the, uh, like a post-upset situation that you're going to be patting yourself on the back or getting your back patted uh, too much uh, yeah. and not focused. But they, they were focused, and they put that game away fast. So Iowa State jumped 20 spots, and spoiler alert, we'll get to them in a second, Central Florida jumped 15 spots. Is that because this is the week that the preseason projections fall out? Um, it wasn't. They, it didn't completely fall out for them. Uh, Iowa State's only played six games, and UCF's only played five, but that ah, was certainly okay. part of it. So you combine a really good performance against a really bad team like Iowa State did, uh, and UCF did, uh, combine a really good, you know, easy, flawless, per- well, uh, no, you know, not very flawed performance with further phasing out of the of the projections, and that's what you get. 
Gotcha. Interesting. All right. Let's move along. Number 25, Florida State. They are two and three by the skin of their nose and could very easily be winless. Number 24, Louisville. They are four and three and lost at Boston College. Also falling. Number, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, by the way, those two teams, Florida State dropping 13, Louisville dropping five. Um, we've got a riser on our hands. That's the old six and one Wolfpack of North Carolina State. They move up four there at 23. Um, then we got, oh man, it was fun for a second to talk about the playoff. Uh, Washington State is six and one. They, uh, they dropped to 22. And then Mississippi State jumps up seven by beating BYU. Um, they're at four and two. So, uh, Wazoo was what second in line for upset weekend, um, after Clemson lost, obviously. So, um, they don't drop as much as Florida State does with a win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Florida State was another one of, uh, you know, since they've only played five, the projections are still messing with them there. But, I mean, actually, 25th for Florida State kind of makes sense when you think of who they've beaten and they lost to. They beat number 29, Wake. They beat Duke, wherever Duke is at the moment. Uh, but then they lost to number two, Alabama. They lost to, where they go, 23, NC State. Uh, and then they lost barely to number 11, Miami. So I think that's probably about where they need to be, projections or no projections, really. Number 20. It's ever so quiet, but Michigan State is 5-1. and one. Um, They're just good. They're just they're, weird. They're, their offense is good. Not, their offense is very much yeah. not good. Uh, they are 79th on offense and 9th on defense, and that's honestly very Michigan State. I appreciate them I mean, reestablishing their brand. They out-Michiganed Michigan to be like the big tiniest thing you've seen this season. Uh, <laughs> number 19, 5-1 Virginia Tech. Number 18, 6-0, South Florida. Still undefeated. Number 17, 6-1, USC. Mm. So they hold off Stanford, or excuse me, Stanford. They hold off Utah. And now kind of feels like the South is a is a known quantity. Yep. Number 16, speaking of Michigan, 5-1, Michigan. They escaped Indiana again in overtime again. Yeah, poor Indiana. Um, South Florida, let's see, San Diego State lost to Boise. Navy lost at Memphis. Um, South Florida emerging as your G5 team. I know oh. we have other contenders, obviously. Well, no, UCF's, but your G, your UCF's your G5 team. They've been by far the best G5 team. So, right, but the battle of I-4, they are going to play right. each other. Yeah, the winner, of so. that, the winner of that game is your, uh, is your leader. Man, I just I covered that game last year. I covered it a year too early because that is a wow. That's going to be a really good football team. You talked about Scott really Foss being game. pissed off after that game. Um Woo. They yes, have, that's true. For, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Willie Taggart kind of ran the score up on purpose because he was in a position of, I mean, really he was job hunting, to be honest, and <laughs> wanted to get some exposure for his team. He felt like South Florida was underrecognized last year, and they definitely they pushed it in. I think they were up like maybe 17 or something with under a minute to go and scored again, something like that. But they've, UCF has was pissed off and remains pissed off uh, 11 months later now. Scott Frost going to be in the same exact same position this year where yep. he has to run it up on Charlie Strong to get a job. And he Such will. is a life when you're an AAC coach. Um, <laughs> Michigan, like, that was exactly what everyone thought would happen, right? Um, more talented than Indiana, obvious offensive issues, and then, you know, you do the thing that happens when Indiana plays Michigan or Ohio State. They look like they're going to do it, and then they don't. I mean, are, 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 we, are we sure that John O'Corn is the best quarterback on the roster. Like I get that speeds out and all that, but I mean, I mean, is he really better than like what McCaffrey or uh, whoever the other uh, guys there are? 
He's really been bad. It just kind of in a fundamentals kind of way. He's making weird throws. Yeah. He's not throwing them very well. Uh, he didn't have, he wasn't playing in a monsoon yesterday. He just missed things. He missed throws that uh, would have opened up the game quite a bit because uh, the run game did pretty well. It was, it was still kind of big play to uh, dependent, not incredibly, um, not, not very efficient or steady or anything like that, but they still had a bunch of big run plays and they still just couldn't move the ball for about three quarters of the game. It was, it was very weird. Um, well, at least they don't have to play Penn State next week with a very, very experienced defense that's going to do a lot yeah, exactly. of Peters, Brandon Peters, that's the other things. Yeah. Brandon Peters is the other former blue chipper on the roster. I, I mean, maybe, maybe he is better than them. I don't know. I just it, it seems weird to me that if he is. Um, so yeah, I, I do want to touch on this again real fast. Southern Cal, not just by virtue of the fact that Washington, Washington State lost, um, but also that kind of comfortably back now as the Pac-12 favorite. And uh, I, I, this really makes me, I'm mostly joking, but I'm pretty sure at this point it's fair to say that the biggest challenger for the Pac-12 South crown is Arizona. Yeah, we missed that one. <laughs> Not going to lie. We, uh, we missed that one. And I mean, Arizona definitely. State, they're, you know, they are... Uh, they, they've beaten uh, Oregon and Washington at home now. They're still very much uh, languishing in the 80s of S&P Plus because they've, uh, you know, they be- well, not that, not that there's any shame in barely beating New Mexico State, but yeah. uh, they did barely beat New Mexico State. They didn't look good otherwise, but they now have a pretty good win and a great win on their resume, and they've kind of survived maybe the worst. Both of these schools have survived kind of the worst of the my coach is about to get fired doldrums that they've survived. Well, and and the other thing too is this is a division that both coaches could possibly make a make a case and say it's kind of wide open after USC. Um, you don't necessarily have to scrap it and start over. It's not the like the Oregon State situation we talked so much about on Wednesday right. show, where the the North feels loaded for a while. This is a, I mean, Rich Rod is a good coach. Todd Graham's a good coach. Um, if they show life, there's no reason why they can't. I'm not saying like become contenders or anything perennially, but they can get out of the funk that right. they've been in. So, and um, we have not we do said, need to take them off the hot seat. We have not uh, said the letters UCLA uh, in our discussion about the Pac-12 South here. <laughs> well, and I think I mean that's part of it. I, I think the fact that UCLA now looks like it's the South, it's the South job that's going to open, and the fact that it's an LA job, yep. that takes a lot of pressure off of uh, the two Arizonas at least for a little while. Um, all right, let's move on. Yep. 15, Stanford. They Stanford it all over. Oh, man. Oregon. I was at Stanford in and a half. Yeah, you really don't have to watch the game. Um, there's a kid named Love, and he's good. Uh, no one's watching it. Uh, number 14. But you should watch him. You should watch him. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah you should. But, I mean, also the game kicked off at 11 Eastern. Yeah. Um, PM. Uh, number 14, Auburn. They dropped five spots after losing. Um, after... I mean, it's it's to me. I don't know. Like I, I don't feel like it's inexcusable to blow that lead. They're on the road. They don't ever win in Baton Rouge. It's. I mean, they just. I, I really only saw the second half of the game, but they didn't adjust well. Um, I don't know. I think you touched on it earlier. Sometimes when you have a lead, it just like, it it just takes you out of rhythm. It's weird when a good thing happens, but it happened. Um, TCU undefeated, six and zero. They're at 13. Um, I mean, I think they're my big 12 favorite. I'll go with that. Number 12. Oh, I think they're going to um, lose. I think everybody's going to lose um, 
this is we we are approaching battle royal status in the Big Twelve, and I'm very much looking yes. forward to it. Well, I think they they probably drop one with uh, with Oklahoma coming up, and then maybe get upset by like a Texas or something like yeah, there's that. There's so but... many teams that can upset you. That's the that's the cool part here. Yes, yeah, very dangerous conference. Um, five and one Notre Dame in at number twelve. Um, hey, Miami's undefeated. How about that? Yeah. Undefeated Miami in the driver's seat for the Atlantic Coast Conference. That's still pretty cool. Uh, they're in at number 11. Um, yeah, so Auburn, you know, it's really good that you lost to Clemson because now you could still <laughs> beat Alabama and possibly find a way to get to Atlanta. Uh, that's what I'm giving you. Uh, it's so funny. You you basically wrote, like, this is this is the week when we start to understand and appreciate college football, and this is sort of the week when it when it all starts, right? Yeah. I was joking. I was joking in our work chat about like this is right now is the moment where like the agents start talking and the assistant <laughs> coaches start talking, and then all the upsets occur, and the and the division races start to solidify, and it all sort of feels right, and then Auburn goes and loses, and and. I my opinion of them is no different than it was before Saturday, but of course they're ready to to fire everyone again. So yeah, gross gross overreaction. I think um, right. they're going to be I fine. Mean, they yeah, I, I, until they play Alabama, with the exception of I mean, they still I think they have the ability to beat Georgia. I'm not saying they're going to, but they have the ability to. Right, and and I mean, not that this is any consolation because it was LSU and because of the way it happened. They almost beat a top twenty six. What was LSU twenty six? They almost beat a top twenty six team on the road. Uh, the, that team needed a punt return to to seal the deal or to to help fulfill the the uh, comeback and all that. Like that's they played well. They they didn't play well enough, and I understand yeah. that that's you know the issue at hand here. But Auburn solidified itself as a as a top fifteen team this year, and you don't fire a coach who plays at a top 15 level even if you're freaking Auburn you just don't unless unless you think unless you know the only team like we were talking about this and works like a few times like Kirby Smart might end up being the first guy like ever freaking hired unless we're counting the Ohio State situation with Trestle and, and Cooper which I don't think I will um it might Kirby Smart might be the first time in history that a team has fired a good coach and lived to tell the tale. <laughs> um, so yeah, everybody's pissed off. They blew a lead against a rival. Fine, but yeah, let's tap the freaking brakes a little bit. Nobody, George, is worrying about Miami anymore. At least this week. Not yet. Um, <laughs> number ten, Clemson, six and one. They dropped four spots after losing. At a good. Uh, or not a, I would say a good Syracuse team yet. Program that's improving, tough place to play sometimes. And I mean, look, congrats to Dino Babers. They're doing it. They're getting there. It's, you know, they're not. It's not like you you win an upset game like that. You flip a switch. You know, Kelly Bryant goes down obviously with a really really awful looking head injury. It really scary the way he went limp. But like everything happened right on a Friday night. It's if you're objective, you know, if you don't have a a team in it. It's that's that's the awesome college football thing that's fun to watch. Clemson's totally fine as far as the title picture goes. Yep. If they don't lose again, um, it was just weird. Everyone, of course, talking about Dabo going to congratulate Syracuse and how gracious he was. I think he just knows that like you can kind of take one right now. You know, you can. This is the moment where you wake your team up, and I mean, it's yeah, it's not really comparable to the Pittsburgh loss, but the, Clemson's okay. Yeah, I. I I mean, this is what happened last year, basically. Yeah, you know, you lose a, a weird game, you lose by a field goal, um, and then you wake up and you say, okay, time to get going. And, and Clemson certainly, I mean, I wrote about this last week. I think we talked about this on the show, too. Like, 
they are a team that they are the good Butch Jones team like that. When, you know, they'll go up a couple touchdowns, put it into Cruz. Uh, and then once you show that you are a challenge, they'll 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 put it back into they'll they'll, they'll start going again and they'll make plays when they yeah. need to. And that's fine. I hate that because, again, from a stat perspective, that is not smart because it allows you to it opens you up to to bad bounces and everything but you're right in terms of you can afford a loss you can almost certainly afford a loss here as long as you beat as long as you beat front runner nc state which uh that game's in raleigh by the way um you know if they win that game they're fine and all that that's great but i don't think this team can turn it on like last year's team did and it's pretty obvious why i mean they they do not have a running game unless kelly bryant is running the football they had a two long runs which is awesome i mean atn everybody's waiting for him to 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 get everything figured out because in the open field he is ridiculous uh, but he doesn't see the open field very much their running back run game has been dreadfully in, uh, inefficient this year they are only their run game is kelly bryant um and then their defense as we saw is good but it's not flawless it can get it can get beaten a few times and if they can't run the ball uh and you can rush the passer then you can beat clemson and so they not only have to kind of re-engage and turn it on they have to find some answers that they didn't really have to find last year all right let's go nine up and we'll stop at four real fast so nine central florida eight oklahoma seven washington six uh, the Quiet Warriors of Wisconsin, and then five Georgia. It's a totally muddled picture. Yeah, this None is where looking at the point totals really starts to come in handy. These teams are all separated by a point or two. It's awesome. Yeah, and there's really no order in which you would put these where I think anyone could mount much of an argument. Yeah, number four through 13 are separated by uh, three and a half points, basically. Uh, and, and meanwhile, number two, Alabama and number three, Penn State, spoiler, are separated by five. So, I mean, it really is just a big muddle in it. And it looks weird. Oklahoma State's suddenly number four and all that. But th- we're talking about basically a large tie for fourth place right now. Um, in the actual playoff picture, n- nothing against Central Florida. Oklahoma State is your biggest gainer at four. They jump six spots to number four. And then it's Penn State three. Alabama two, Ohio State one. So that, I think one, two, and three are the same as last week. Is it no? Penn State jumps. Who was the three last week? Washington. Uh, yes, yes, Washington drops down to seven. So um, nothing to really argue there. And in fact, if someone gave you the uh, well, I guess no. I was about to say that that's a logical playoff picture. It's that doubtful that you get two teams from the Big Ten East in. But um, I do think that we're looking now. It's man, it's a crowded picture for the Big Ten, isn't it? Because you've got Ohio State one here, Penn State three. And then Wisconsin right underneath. I, I don't think it's crowded because I think Ohio State's going to run away with it. I hope Penn State proves me wrong. But if if Penn wow. State does win in Columbus, um, then things get really, really interesting. Yeah. Well, actually, or maybe not. Maybe that just means Penn State <laughs> runs away with it. I don't know. Three-way tie again. It'd be kind of a mess. Um, okay. Um, Oklahoma State as the best team from the Big 12. I'm fine with that right now. I mean, is that just going to be like a... I mean, you talked about Battle Royale. I guess mm-hmm. that's just going to be who survives. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma I mean, State... It's, it's not really like who's the better team. It's it, This is just going to be... This is NFL-ish in a way. Well, right. I mean, just, uh, Oklahoma State is, is nine spots ahead of TCU, which is going to tick TCU fans off. But, I mean, number one, again, they're barely separated. But number two, TCU... It was a margin of turnovers. Look, that that was you know what the what S and P sees from the OSU TCU game is that uh, the the bounces, the turnovers, luck, that randomness basically made the, the decided the 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 margin of the game. Otherwise, it was dead even. And so, it's not going to necessarily give TCU more a ton of credit for that. It gave him a ton of credit for you know basically splitting with a top five team. 
but it's not going to yeah. give them a bonus for for getting that, those bounces. It's not designed to do that. So you've got Oklahoma State there. You've got Oklahoma potentially beating TCU if it can figure out how to actually hold on to a lead. That's that's a skill that they've kind of lost a little bit. Um, and then you've got that whole second West Virginia, Texas Tech, Texas, Iowa State. Uh, so many teams that are interesting. Kansas State, I think, is still has a chance to, to knock somebody off, even though they're obviously not as good Absolutely. as I thought they were going to be this year. Yeah. And so... Yeah. Everybody, I mean, Baylor, maybe Baylor is kind of toast now. We'll see. They, they got destroyed by Oklahoma State, uh, and they're so young. So maybe they're toast. Kansas is obviously toast. But the other eight teams. But that's it. Yeah. It's a really I mean, you have conference right now. I think it's the most dangerous conference in college football, especially when because it's a smaller conference, right? So unless you're playing Kansas and, you know, like you said, Baylor. There's a really good chance you're gonna you're gonna just you know have someone come in and blow it all up. It's fantastic. We're not watching enough of it. I, I just feel like in the collective we're still not talking about the Big Twelve. Um, another thing we should talk about is one loss Ohio State um, having taken the L against another playoff contending program early on in the season. They're just doing what Ohio State does yep. when you're not paying attention to Ohio State, yep. and we should all be paying attention now because it. Um, I mean this this looks like a playoff team. Yeah, no, I mean, they, and, you know, that's where we all write them off, but then everybody else loses and we realize, oh, right, they're fine. They're, they're just fine. And um, if they, I mean, obviously they can't slip up now. They, that's, they know that, but they've also, as we were just talking about Clemson having to turn it on now, Ohio State did turn it on. I realize they haven't played a bunch of great teams and I like, I enjoy the Missouri fan deep inside of me enjoys being able to say Nebraska. Yeah, they haven't played anybody. They only played Nebraska, but um <laughs> But they still, they have looked almost flawless. And that's what that's how they get to number one here, despite the OU game. The OU game counted. And otherwise, they've been pretty much perfect. Bill, anything else you want to touch on? How much time do we have left? Uh, let's see. We've got uh, three or four minutes if we want to you know, minutes around here. Um, There's nothing even in fun in the basement right now. It's the same teams as we touched on last week. Yeah, Central um, Florida do... has maintained what we saw them doing from the start. Like now that you know, they've only played five games, they still got a couple more before those projections are all the way out. Um, but they just continue to play like a top ten team, and it's it's incredible the job he's done. Uh, and, do you and, hear that, Nebraska? Do you hear that, Nebraska? <laughs> it's not it's not a PA, a week of PAPN if we don't make that connection. Um, but no, I, I they they have looked. I it, it always makes me a little nervous when you get a G five team starting to creep up. Like, oh crap, am I adjusting for opponent correctly? Have I not? No, I've I've seen Central Florida play. They are dynamite this year. Maybe they can't keep it up. I don't know, but they have absolutely played like a top ten team this year. Um, give me the funnest playoff possible based on the results up until this point now, give me your you, funnest playoff you possible. know i am not going to pass up putting oklahoma state back in the playoff if they rose into the top five of sp nah, dude, I'm, yeah, so I'm in there too we are I'm in there too we are back in a scenario where penn state and oklahoma state can uh reach the the playoff and i am here for it so you want to put them together in the first round no, no, no! They can't do that. We we gotta we gotta split them up. Although that that I guess opens up the possibility of them both losing. But still, um, Penn State. Let's see the four teams I'm going to select, and then I'll figure out the matchups. Penn State, Oklahoma State. <sighs> What's fun? What's fun? Well, you, you still have to have Bama in there just so somebody can maybe beat them, I guess. And if Penn no, State's you don't. in there, this is America. You can do what you want. <laughs> uh, if Penn State's not in there, that means Ohio State can't be in there. So, damn, what the hell happens after that? Okay, well, Miami's in there still. 
Oh, yeah, Miami, Georgia. There we go. Penn State, Oklahoma State, Miami, Georgia. You literally just took. <laughs> you, you should so you stop literally took like, first. Like, like pairings and everything. I was going to go. I didn't have it seated, but I wanted, I want Penn State, Oklahoma State in, in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> and, then I, and then I want Miami and Georgia in the Sugar. I just also am going to take a pause here so Alabama fans can understand what we're predicting. Can you feel it? Can you hear it? It's a Death Star. It's being built in Georgia. All right, Bill. Um, yeah, crazy week. We'll break it down on Wednesday. We'll probably predict another crazy week coming. Um, this is it, man. This is when it gets real fun because you've got like two or three ideas in your head at the top. You've got 15 teams that are just sort of in the mix below that. And then all the weird angst underneath that, because this is when, I'll put it this way, I drove from Knoxville, Tennessee to Nashville, Tennessee last night. I was on the phone the entire time talking about <laughs> coaches. So uh, this is where daddy shines. I'll see you guys Wednesday. <laughs>